You are listening to a recording of Conversations in Coco, a newsletter by Lauren Heineck. This article from September 6th is entitled The Never-Ending Story of the Weekend, The Why of This Newsletter, and Finding Purpose and Pleasure in Complicated Chocolate, written and read by Lauren Heineck. The weekend is an invented concept, be that as it may, one that conjures for many a feeling of bliss. It's a reset button, a more free time, a more me time or we time period, primarily designated to Saturday and Sunday, when traditional work week laborers try to do things other than work. It is a time when we attempt to tip the scales, step outside of routines, fill our cups with activities that enlighten our mind, body, and souls, or simply stay in one place, such as the couch, in an effort to rebound from exhaustion and anxiety. It's increasingly more complicated in our endlessly blurring lines of work-life and home-life balance. In fact, to me, it seems logically imbalanced from the get-go. Two days versus five? Where's the fun or fairness in that? As a denizen of the city, I often wonder what the weekend looks like in a rural location, particularly the days spent doing agricultural fieldwork or farm maintenance. And I hope other blog posts or interviews in this series will ask producers directly. Of course, what sort of farm, the size of said area, employee and family composition, commercial interest, and ownership of the land would affect this exercise? But for the purpose of this newsletter blog, that by and large focuses on the intersections of us and chocolate, let's imagine a cocoa orchard. Yes, I'm not using the word plantation. I am confident the flowers and the cacao tree, Theobroma cacao, don't require more or less pollination on the weekends nor the ripe fruits wait for an early Monday morning start, nor that, in quotes, two harvests a year is written in a ceramic vessel residing in an ancient tomb. Cocoa is 24-7. Therefore, to a certain extent, the lives of the people involved in its production are working all of the time. As, read, conscious, privileged consumers, we are perceiving that the foods we love and the recipes that bring us nourishment and comfort are made with ingredients that ebb and flow through their own circadian rhythms. Regardless of whether the raw material or manufactured good is stamped artisan, organic, fair, or otherwise. This is also something I plan to spend time on in other newsletters. My own definitions of these terms, and their perhaps meaning to our industry. I first launched the Microbatch Craft Chocolate brand Weekend Chocolate in 2016 in Denver, Colorado, with the idea that every bite, sip, and nibble will transport you to the weekend. As a young person, Monday through Friday had been wrapped up in school, paper route, homework, and training. And weekends were for swim meets, while they were still giddy and carefree and less professionally oriented, movie nights and sleepovers, and ice cream trips with grandma for Jamoka almond fudge at Baskin Robbins. There was unequivocally always chocolate within reach taking the form of Cocoa Puffs, granola bars, Pillsbury chocolate chip refrigerated cookie dough, and so on, but more abundance of everything chocolate on the weekends. What's very clear to my adult self now is, A, that was certainly a lot of sugar, and B, it's not work to love chocolate, and very often it loves us back, unconditionally. It accompanies us in our happiest and gloomiest moments, and reminds us of people, places, and hobbies that we care about, those that raised us, who cared for us, or that we might have had the fortune to love or be loved by. 
But the blind love affair is waning, at least for me it is, and particularly since entering the industry professionally. The eyes wide open version of cocoa and chocolate is urgent because the world is screaming for a distinct version of itself, a version different than the one humans made. Changes are abound everywhere. The climate, politics, conservation, travel, food systems, health, you name it. There are scientists and academics tackling it, perhaps billions worried about it. How we might fit into a changing or changed world. The COVID-19 pandemic is making millions of people reconsider what work means to them. And with this attention to where the cracks in our labor and supply systems are, we're thinking more critically about how others' work impacts us as well. How richer nations and non-marginalized communities have benefited systemically. Or we should be encouraged to think about these things. It takes more than a village to connect us. It takes a global system, a globe's worth of inputs, action, cooperation, and compliance. Let's use an example in chocolate. Cocoa beans are removed from a pod, box fermented, dried on a patio, sealed in a jute sack, traversed on a pickup, shipped on a cargo ship, warehoused, processed, another 10 or so manufacturing steps here, sold to stores and retailers, transported again, warehoused, and sold anew to make their way to our breakfast tables as snack bars on soccer fields, spread thick on birthday cakes, or poured into mochas for any day of the week, weekend or otherwise. This engine we've built doesn't slow. It might become disrupted, however, and again the pandemic has offered glimpses of the catastrophic potential if producers are blocked from accessing harvests, if supply chains are cut, if consumers' habits change, etc. But our mealtimes become our touch points to this life. It's a privilege to partake, as well as a human right to good, healthful food. But what goes on that plate can be examined further. How and how much gets to us can be redesigned, environments cared for, and producers' roles and incomes reimagined, protected, and centered. The bitter truth about chocolate is that it's not that sweet. This isn't news to industry folks, cocoa farmers, child laborers, geneticists, stockbrokers, educators, store retailers, or anyone who's questioned cheap confectionery. Seen the documentaries, or read more recent exposés in renowned newspapers. Like a glass of chocolate milk, if cocoa as a whole is cared for, I believe its spoiling can be prevented. Beyond that, it could be a more equitable, fresher, less sour reality. It could be nutritious, wholesome, traceable, offer accountability, ensure livelihoods, build careers, support small businesses, and reforest land. Are we willing to wake up on whatever day of the week and demand better for all? Vote with our dollars, euros, Swiss francs, CDs, rands, yen, for something other than the status quo? If we could, that just might bring to pass exactly what I was hoping for in my brand all along. A never-ending, joyous weekend via food system bliss. It all sounds quite fantastical. But if we conceive this five-day reality of the work week, we can surely switch out of it. Perchance, how we spend our days can mimic the feelings we desire of our weekends. I know if you're reading this newsletter, or have been trying out my recipes, listening to the Well-Tempered podcast for the last five years, or the newest editions of these conversations in Cocoa, you're not looking for piecemeal solutions to global Cocoa crises. And maybe you're not feeling optimistic. Maybe some days you don't want to think about the challenges at all. I won't pretend to have the answers. 
but I hope expressing my always cocoa in my mind sentiments and the questions that arise mid-batch offer a place of refuge or cold storage for others melting chocolate hearts. After all, the majority of us have been taking bites our whole lives. More recently, a growing population is making cacao their life's work. As microbatch chocolate making and ethical production and sourcing movements increase in popularity and visibility across the world, all in contrast to the dominance of big cocoa. Yet all this talk of rising tides and lifting boats does very little if the coasts, orchards, and kitchens are flooded. What is clear is the path forward applies to all cocoa, all the time, 24-7. It sounds like a lot of work, and it is, and it will be. Chocolate is not always made with generosity, integrity, and love, intention but it carries the profound ability to generate those traits in others. Possibly, a world that understands chocolate in all its forms, colors, and convergences, loves it that much more, and is more attuned to protecting it and the planet it sprouts from. Learning where it really comes from, how it's made, not marketed, and what gifts it offers. I think, with a shake of the millennial, we can collectively stir the chocolate pot. And I would be grateful for you to continue this journey with me through text, audio, visuals, community hangouts, and the occasional slice of devil's food. Should I really say the C word again? Cake. You have just listened to the first post on this new Substack home, laurenontheweekend.substack.com, where I will be publishing writings, interviews, podcasts, and general musings on cacao and chocolate. Sign up to read future editions and become a member to get access to special perks. You can share with me on Twitter at Weekend Chocolate, that's W-K-N-D Chocolate. If you enjoyed this or if something has resonated with you, I'd love to hear about it. Thanks for listening.